Let us pray. We give you all the glory, God. We thank you. We adore you. We honor you for the gift of life that you've given to us. Father, even for the opportunity for us to be here in your presence this morning. Spirit of the living God, we invite you in our presence. Without you, nothing can we do. But with you, we can do all things. This morning, Father, we pray that every spirit that will try to exalt itself above us, O oh God, in our presence this morning, we bind it in the name of Jesus. And Father, we lose everything that the devil has bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, like you said in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, you said, Son of man, prophesy that the dry bone may live again. This morning I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ that every dry bone rise up, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak life, O oh God, into our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of the living God, come and take absolute control over everything this morning. From our music ministry, O oh Lord, through their songs, let there be healing. Let the brokenhearted be healed, O oh God. Let us see a manifestation of your spirit in us this morning. And in the end, we will be careful to give you praise. We thank you in Jesus' name. Have you prayed? Amen. Yeah, give the Lord praise this morning.
Stay on the one, stay on the one.
one more time this morning hallelujah great is your faithfulness Lord to us yes praise the Lord Jesus Christ the firm foundation the solid rock on which we stand it's so good to be gathered with each of you this morning I just want to inform the congregation if you didn't know this information but earlier this week sister Nicewanger passed away and tomorrow her visitation and funeral are tomorrow. Her visitation's at two, and the funeral starts at three at Fowler Sullivan Funeral Home. So be praying for Brother Nicewanger and the whole family as they go through this time. I also want to remind you that you can drop off your tithes and offering in our tithe boxes as you leave the sanctuary, or you can continue to give online. Let's say our declaration this morning. Let's declare these things over this place. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season 
as your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. And we declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Lord, we're thankful to be gathered here once again. I pray, Lord, for the nice wongers and the whole family and friends that have been affected. I just pray, God, you bring peace in this time of grief, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, for all those who are dealing with sickness and affliction. I just pray, God, you would meet their needs right now, that you begin to move on their behalf, Lord, for quick recovery, Lord. And I pray you protect us, Lord, and others from getting sick in this time, Lord Jesus. We just pray, God, today that even though there might be a lot of distractions going on around us, Lord Jesus, or in our lives, Lord, or things might seem like they're crumbling around us or whatever it may be, I pray today, Lord Jesus, that we set our eyes on you. I pray today, Lord, souls that might be downcast or lifted up, Lord, I pray today that this place is filled with hope and that it's filled with joy because it's full of you. We give this place to you. We give this service to you once again in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Come on, just give him praise again this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, we serve a living God today. Hallelujah. good to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. It's a good crowd considering all the obstacles we had this morning. We're thankful for your faithfulness of being here. You may be seated. You know, this morning I thought about preaching on broken hearts this morning because I figured there'd be quite a few in here today, considering all the snow lovers who didn't get no snow. But the Lord wouldn't let me. So this morning I'm going to go to Luke 13, chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. I feel like I've actually come to battle our enemy's plot in this day and this hour. You know he has a plot. You know he has a plan. He has a scheme. And we've got to wake the church up. So if you have your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind, please stand with me one more time for the reading of the word. Sorry about that. I shouldn't have set you down. It says in verse 10, And he, talking about Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed over and could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Brother Mike, would you pray today? Maybe seated. Let me set this account up of this day one more time. Jesus goes to the synagogue to preach on the Sabbath, and there in his midst was a woman who had been crippled by a spirit. The cause of her disability has been determined and stated. She's not crippled because of a disease, nor because of a physical injury, wasn't crippled because of a birth defect. It's declared by Jesus she had a spirit infirmity that had done this to her. Satan had afflicted her. She's been this way for 18 years since it came upon her. How many know a spirit can come upon you? How many know and truly believe you can be afflicted by Satan? The word of God here in this scripture gives evidence and declares it's possible. It caused her body to respond to where she became bowed over. It caused her spine to be twisted and contorted. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her. The omniscient, omnipresent, Omnipotent Son of God, knowing all things, knowing her condition and the cause, stands and speaks to her infirmity, declaring to her, Woman, thou art loosed of thine infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her and immediately, say immediately, she was made straight. It doesn't say she became straight. I like how it says it. She was made straight. Her body didn't have no choice but to straighten up. Her infirmity didn't have no choice but to turn her loose. Because the God who spoke the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars into existence with just his voice, the creator of this universe, who could speak to nothing and make it become something, the God who created man and woman has just spoke to her infirmity, to the spirit that had her bound, let her go. Now, I preached on how powerful God's hand was last Sunday night. The hand that was mightier than the hand that had her bound, 
made the hand that had her bound, let her go. The mighty hand of God set her free when he laid his hand on her. It says immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Can you just imagine her reaction after 18 years of being bound by Satan and being set free? I bet she didn't just whisper, thank you, and go sit down. 18 years was a long time, but did you know that she was still going to church in spite of her long-term affliction? It implies she's probably a Christian, most likely a member of the church. But can you imagine the struggle it was for her to go to church Sunday after Sunday? For her to get up, get dressed with her physical disability that she had, and for her to walk bowed over, crippled, down that old cobblestone road that led to the church. Being made fun of by the neighborhood kids as she walked by. Being criticized by the religious folks in the church. Being neglected by society. And yet we got people who are perfectly healthy and they can't get to church. She'd been to church before, but this Sunday was different. Jesus was present. And then people wonder why us preachers constantly preach on how important it is to have God's presence in this place. This account tells it all. Now, I'm going to come back to that passage, but for a moment, I got to set up the point of this message and what this passage exemplifies. There was a physiotherapist in Australia who was hired to attend to injured rugby players. And they would compete. He'd wait on the sideline, prepared to tend to their injuries. One Saturday during a hard-fought match, Many of the competitive athletes at different times would come off the field limping to his table. They had injuries that ranged from, from having a hamstring to a strained calf muscle. The therapist would treat their injuries with a sophisticated piece of medical technology. He used sound waves to eliminate their pain. After 15 minutes of treatment, each of the athletes exclaimed they felt better and were ready to return to the game. And it wasn't until the game was over that the therapist realized the machine he was using wasn't even plugged up all along. It was then the epiphany hit that all of his patients were healed by the placebo effect. The placebo effect is the incontrovertible, in other words, undisputable demonstration of mind over matter. The medicinal community provides us facts of this effect. With examples of individuals who have taken what constitutes them taking a sugar pill, or have undergone a stimulated treatment, and in doing so, they felt their bodies were better simply because their mind told them so. You took a pill for it. You took a treatment for it. Their minds were manipulated. So their minds sent a message to their bodies, and their bodies responded to their thoughts. For example, if you were given the same arthritis pill to relieve stiff, sore joints over and over, after a period of time, you would begin to associate that pill with pain relief. To the point, then, if you were given a placebo, something that just looks like the arthritis pill, you may still believe it provides pain relief because you've been conditioned to do so. People are making big farmer rich off selling drugs. We got so many new diseases and we got a pill for everything. For every pain, every issue, every emotional, physical problem, stuff that really works and stuff that makes false claims. The diet industry is one such marketplace making claims that have never been proven. As long as the box says it, they try it. First few days, they swear by it. A week later, once again, didn't work. Take, for instance, this product that's called Airborne. I don't know if you use it or not, but Airborne, it's marked as being on the FDA list, but it's never been FDA approved. It's not even been ever verified by the FDA to do anything it claims to do for you. 
It falsely claims to provide immunity support and boost your immune system. Who knows? But millions of people buy it, convincing themselves they are being protected. And my point is our minds are so susceptible to deception. That is why our enemy always attacks our minds. And he does it in such a subtle way, we don't even realize he's behind it. And we become snared and become gripped by it. The mind is the battlefield. It's where wars are won and lost. We shouldn't be so surprised so many people are living in fear right now. Fear of stuff that hasn't even been proven to be true. Fear of stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Look Look what's being spoken repeatedly into our minds every day. False claims being media driven. Socially conversed day after day. The only news that drives the news raised nowadays is bad news. The only news that attracts the most attention is bad news. CNN, MSNBC drove their ratings up with bad news, with lies and deceit and far-left plots and schemes. Now that they're being exposed as lies, their ratings have fallen 73% this year, but there's still people, though, who still believe that stuff. People were attracted to doom and gloom reports, and the main ingredient was used was fear. Fear is a spirit. It's plaguing our nation like never before. And it's by the Antichrist. While we spend all our time blaming a political party, which is being driven by an Antichrist spirit, using deception, Satan is getting away with murder. The Antichrist spirit is in full operational mode. Yet believing that is a struggle for so many to believe. To believe this is a spiritual warfare to believe you're being driven by demonic influences is a thing no one is willing to admit to. Not me, they say. That's Hogwarts. Ain't no spirit make me do anything I don't want to. Explain to me then what would make a 17-year-old medical student with a promising career put a 45 caliber pistol to his head and take his life? Tell me what would make a man brutally attack and rape and kill a 16-year-old girl? Tell me what would make two people of the same sex want to have an intimate relationship. Tell me what would cause a mom of two children to lock her children in the car and drive to a river and drown them. Don't tell me those people are doing things they wanted to do without being driven by an evil spirit. The devil is a liar. And too many people are believing a lie. I'm telling it's shocking of the deception people are buying into. I revealed to this congregation in January 2021 that Satan's strategic plan to conquer the world in these last days was going to be through deception, leading up to the ultimate deception during tribulation. I can tell you now it's playing out just as it was revealed to you. Deception's always been Satan's plan. It, begins, it began in the garden with Eve. It's been very effective still to this day. And Adam didn't blame the serpent for his actions. He blamed his wife. That same deception is being used to divide our nation, divide our church, and divide our homes, divide us racially because we're still falling for this stuff. The Bible says that in the last days, of even the very elect will be deceived. Jesus told his disciples then, he's telling us now in Matthew 24, take heed that no one deceive you, speaking to them of the last days. Satan's only chance of success is if he can convince you through deception that Jesus can't save you from him. When he already knows he can't cross the bloodline, so he has to convince you to believe he can. We are being bombarded with so much at one time. We are confused, becoming doubtful, even surrendering to the plot. Our thoughts and feelings are leading us astray. It's the influence of our thought 
that is affecting our behavior, thoughts, what you're thinking, what you think matters, because what you think is what you become to believe. Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks his heart, so is he. But let me be thought-provoking for just a moment. Have you ever thought just maybe you are where you're at because of what you think of yourself? Maybe you don't think you deserve better, nor can have better, nor can live any better, so you don't. Maybe you're convinced you're getting what you deserve. So your environment that you choose to live in is responding to your thinking, causing you to live in a place you should have left a long time ago. And because the truth is you don't belong there. You don't think you, you do because of what you think about you. Maybe you're frustrated, angry, bitter, and being so, your behavior is responding to the message your mind is sending to your body. Your mind is telling your body something that isn't true. Let me just show you an example of how the enemy really works. How many of you ever seen the old black and white film entitled The Gaslight? Probably none of you. I don't know, it might be a few of you. It was produced in 1944. <laughs> Got one hand. It's a story of a world-famous opera singer who's the victim of a home invasion. This woman had all kinds of valuables in her home. A robber breaks in, and in the process, he murders her in her home. But the robber doesn't get away with, it, with anything valuable at all, though, because her 14-year-old niece who was living with her walks in on him, causing him to flee the scene. She only caught a glimpse of him, so she could not describe him to the police, so he got away. And after experiencing this tragedy, the 14-year-old niece is sent away to a, to a boarding school. Years later, she mysteriously meets a man who takes her on a two-week romance and convinces her to marry him. As soon as the honeymoon's over, he convinces her that they should move into their deceased aunt's estate. Well, soon after they move in, things of value begin to disappear from the home. Such as pictures, paintings off the wall, jewelry, furniture from the basement, very valuable. All the while, her husband is speaking to her, trying to convince her it was never there. Manipulating her mind to believe she's gone crazy. And the climax of the movie is when she finally discovers the man she married was the same man who killed her aunt and ran away when she walked into that room. He had come back to finish the robbery. And the method of deception is known as the gaslight effect. Another trick of the enemy. The gaslight effect is when somebody tries to make you think you're crazy when you know that you're not. When you know what you have seen, you know what you've heard, but after enough berating and tirelessly trying to convince you otherwise, if not careful, you buy into it. It's the same thing Satan does with our minds. He is described as the father of all lies, he's described as a thief, and he's described as a robber. This is why we're being overwhelmed with the people who are believing some of the most outlandish things. How? Because it's a spirit of deception being released upon the minds of many. They're being blinded by what they hear and what their minds receive as truth. Mind over matter. It's where a lot of people are at. As a child, you were constantly berated in your mind. You were told you'd never amount to nothing. You were told you were stupid. You were told you're not good enough. It was repeated by parents or teachers or coaches or spouses. Very influential people had close ties to your life who were a part of forming your self-worth, what you think of yourself. And as a result, the berating of negative speaking to your mind sent a signal to your body. And it has responded with developing feelings of hopelessness, low self-esteem, despair, inferiority, fear, causing emotional stress. It still stifles, still haunts you today. It's happened to many who have experienced abusive relationships, 
abusive marriages, sexual abuse. It's dictated to you what social class you can belong to, who you can and can't be around, who you can and can't, where you can and cannot go, who you can and cannot be. It's impacted your life. It's a spirit from the pits of hell. It's a deceptive plot of the enemy to rob you, to bind you. It even comes back at a later time in your life, just like the murderer did that I spoke of in that story, to finish the job. Because the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy you. It's a gaslight effect. And so many, so many people deal with this. And as a result, they live so beneath their abilities and privileges. We fall for the deception that comes through our thinking. That's why it's so important of what we listen to and who we listen to. It was the evil villain Hitler who said, if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough, they'll soon believe, they'll soon believe it to be true. Now, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I'm out to wreak the havoc on the enemy's plan and set some people free today. I'm trying to wake up some giants this morning because I'm telling there are giants in this room. They just don't know it yet. The faulty thinking has taken all the expectation of victory out of the church. It's time to be quit being afraid of the giants in the land and you be the giant. Be a spiritual giant like David who looked at his giant and said, you come to me with a shield and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. You know, today I may be the Lone Ranger, but I'm going to come against the giants in the land in the name of the Lord. So let me continue. The Center for Anxiety Disorders unraveled the phenomenon within psychiatry called psychosomatic. It's the manifestation of physical illnesses that has been activated by an internal conflict identified as stress. All I got to say to that is this world has experienced a psychosomatic tsunami that's got people's hearts failing them, losing their minds, Gripped by fear, migraines, unexplained body pains, gastrointestinal issues with no clear explanation. Other than the way the stress has got them bowed over. It's becoming a physical assault upon our nation. Who isn't stressed? It's caused by the spirit of fear and the author is Satan. Have you ever had a child that got himself so worked up crying that he was about to puke? And you had to settle him down. Why? Because he's making himself sick. He gets so upset, he becomes physically sick. In the simplest of forms, it's, it is pain that impacts the body that emanates from the mind. There's so many people got pain in their chest, but an x-ray can't identify where it's coming from. So many people are bad in migraines, but you can't medically find the source. we got to stop making ourselves sick. Stress is a killer. Don't let your thoughts take a toll on you. It's the constant berating of messages in your mind of negative content being supplanted by your enemy. He's making mountains out of molehills. Why is it always so much easier to believe the worst? It shows a lack of faith. God, I know you could, but I don't know if you would. The American Psychological Association did a study in 2014. 33% of people report they experience extreme stress. 77% says stress has affected their physical health. 73% say it's affected their mental health. 48% say they have trouble sleeping because of stress. Can you imagine what this study is going to look like in 2021 after these last two years? Those numbers are going to skyrocket. The stress you endure has a physical effect on your well-being. 
causes rises in high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, insomnia, depression, etc. A 2020 study showed 17% of college students were on some form of antidepressant. And that females were more likely, females were more likely to take that than males. I say to you today, by the Spirit of the Lord, to the churches that have an ear, let them hear. This is an hour to be set free. Come on. We spend more time focusing on being debt-free than we do being stress-free. We've just been trying to manage stress when we need to be conquering stress. Medically, we try to manage it. But spiritually, I'm telling you, we can cancel it. By the peace Christ can give us as past all understanding. I'm seeing a woman one time. She said, Brother Randy, I'm worried myself to death. I can't sleep at night. I'm worried about my bills. I can't do this. I, I can't do that. I finally looked at her and said, how's that working for you? She looked at me and said, what? I said, well, if he told me it was working really well, I'd tell you go back home and don't go to sleep. But it's not working. So go home, take peace, and go to sleep. You just can't imagine how much better you will feel physically if you get rid of the stress. For some of you, that might not mean anything this morning. But those who are under heavy weight of stress... And you, and you need God to lift the stress in your life. I come to tell you he's the burden lifter. When all of you are burdened, heavy laden, come to him and let him give you rest. When you come and cast your cares upon him, when you trust the Lord with all your heart, he's the peacemaker, the way maker, the miracle worker. When you've been under stress in your life where you can't eat and you can't concentrate and you can't sleep, I've come to speak to your mind and tell you the devil's a liar, that you've been deceived, you've been tricked, and you've been attacked. And that spirit's going to be broken today, not by power, not by might, but by the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let him know that you believe truth can set you free this morning. Go ahead. Give him praise in this place. If you believe that, I need somebody to believe this. I don't need no doubt in this house. While we've been consumed with this pandemic, we've lost sight of the epidemic of fear that's hit our nation. It's a spirit we must as believers battle. Because God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And all things work together for the good of those who love God and called according to his purpose. You know what God wants to do? He wants to arrest your stress by his mighty hand and set you free today. If only God can get you to believe the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. You got to turn it loose. I'm going to dare you. I dare some people to stand up in this place today and do this. Come on. Got any takers? What are you doing? You let it go. Whatever stressed you, whatever's got you weighted down, whatever it is, just let that go. Let it go. Come on. Release it. Come on. Release it. Give it up to him. You've carried it too long. You're weighted down. You're bowed over. It don't mean you ain't never going to have trouble again, but it means you ain't got to lose your mind over it. You ain't got to lose sleep over it. You ain't got to lose your job over it. You don't have to lose your family over it. Here you go, Lord. I cast all my cares to you. I give you my financial issues. I give you my marital issues. I give you my children issues. I give you my physical issues. I give you everything that I have that's weighting me down. I release it. I cast my cares. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Woo, I feel it. 
Release it. Some of y'all ain't felt like you felt right now in a long time. Let the Lord have his way for just a second. Okay, I got to get back to my passage now. Here comes the main point. One Sunday, Jesus goes to the synagogue to speak while looking at the congregation. How many know that Jesus sees you this morning? That he knows you're here. <laughs> Ain't nobody in here sneaking in here. I noticed at Jesus this morning. Now your neighbor, neighbor may not acknowledge you yet, and shame on them. But Jesus knows you're here. He knows right where you're sitting. He knows why you're here. He knows what you're going through in your life. He looks the congregation over every single Sunday morning. He knows when you're here. He also knows when you're not. Now, that's another message. But he looks over the congregation. He sees this woman's boat over. Now, Luke wrote of this account. How fitting. When Luke is the only one of the disciples who is a physician. Now, many would know a doctor uses, uses specific details. He includes in his writing, the woman's been crippled like this for 18 years. He states her medical history. Now, here's the most interesting fact, though, about her disability. The woman in Luke 13 is not a paraplegic. Paraplegic means a person affected by paralysis, the legs and the lower body. The woman in our text does not have spinal bifida. But the text tells us she's been over, unable to stand up straight. I read a wise statement once that said, it's not the load that breaks you, it's how you carry it. Jesus is drawn to her, not because she's crying out to him, waving her hand at him. He recognizes her because she's in church and her posture is different. Jesus is moved by her faith to be there and her inability to worship like the others, but yet she worshiped the best she could. All bent over, but holding that hand up. Hallelujah. Regardless of the weight that was upon her body, regardless of the 18 years of the long journey, she still went to church. She still raised her hand. And Jesus saw her this day. He saw the sacrifices she was making, her faithfulness and her faith. Her circumstances didn't stop her. He wanted her to rise up above her circumstances. He don't want a woman who's appointed and anointed to be bent over. She had recited to her condition and was just making the best of it. He don't want you lowering your standards to survive, church. He called you to thrive. He's seen her problem. The x-rays didn't find it. The blood work didn't show it. The physicians couldn't explain it. But he's not just any old physician. He is the I am, the great physician. There is a physical problem that's been caused by a spiritual problem. You'll never solve a spiritual problem with a physical solution. You can put a Band-Aid on it. You can try to live with it. You can take this pill, that pill. You can try the placebo effect, fall for the gaslight effect. But if you want to be truly set free, he is, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. There are so many members in the body of Christ are bent over by the weight of spiritual infirmity. And it ought not be, because in some sense, free is free indeed. You've tried every pill. You've tried every kind of therapy. You've tried every new product. You've tried everybody's advice. You've read every 10-step book to healing. But have you ever considered following God's plan instead of man's plan? The enemy is trying to cripple the body of Christ through spiritual attacks. Church, they're real. 
just as real as a physical attack. God knows that she was physically bent over by a spiritual infirmity. How are you going to come into God's house and to his presence and not expect God to see you? For him not to know what's going on in your life. Set back to thinking, he don't see me. Yes, he does. That's the problem. We come in here without any expectation. We reside to can't nobody fix this. It's true. Man can't fix it if it's a spiritual problem. But God can fix it whether it's spiritual problem, physical problem, emotional problem, mental problem, financial problem. That's why he's a great physician. That's how I de he declared I am that I am. I want to go with one beside you and say, you ain't supposed to be bent over. I know, you, I know people have been cruel to you. I know people's mistreated you. I know you're weighted down. But God wants to put a crown on your head. Now, how many of you have had a grandma like me that said, if you keep rolling them eyes, they're going to get stuck? Well, God wants to tell you, if you keep bowing down to your enemy, you're going to get stuck. That's where too many are stuck. And it's time this morning for you to rise up and quit letting people talk down to you. Quit letting your past put you down. Quit letting that tragedy weigh you down. Quit letting that boy worry you to death. It's time to stand up and declare, I am a child of the Most High God. I've been made more than a conqueror by Jesus Christ. I'm not who I used to be, and I'm ready to be who I'm supposed to be. Devil, get out of my way. Today's a new day. It's the first day of my new season. How do you like me now? You got to say, I'm no longer going to allow my mind to think on your lies no more. Because God has instructed me to think on whatsoever pure and lovely and true and kind. A good report. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? This one been over a long time. So some of you. For her, it's 18 years. Can you imagine how much she missed out on by being bent over? Getting dressed was a task. Cooking and cleaning was a task. Her ministry was put on hold. Her dreams were put on hold. From her position, what do you think her future looked like to her? And I ask you, how much have you missed out on because of you allowing your circumstances to stop you? Regardless of how bad she had it, she found it within her to still go to the house of God. So many of the first sign of trouble, first thing we stop doing is serving God. And it amazes me. The only one who can do a miracle in your life, and you cut him loose. The only hope that you had, you let go. You take control. Let me ask, how's that working for you? 18 years been over. You've been over ever since, ever since your divorce. You've been, been over ever since you lost your job. You've been, been over ever since you got a bad doctor's report. You've been, been over ever since the money ran out. You don't think this woman didn't try to do everything she could do to get her life straightened out, but it didn't work. Can you imagine how many things she must have tried in 18 years? But in one day, in the house of God, in the presence of Jesus, her life was about to be straightened out. She was fixing to rise up. Jesus immediately identifies what's wrong with her with his omniscient, all-knowing power. Jesus says in verse 11, the woman that has been over has a spiritual infirmity on her. The spirit of infirmity, church, is a disabling spirit that the enemy uses on you. And why has she been over? Luke is very clear. Satan caused by a spirit of infirmity, Satan placed this on her. 
Here's the truth. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ who have a spiritual infirmity disguised simply as a physical problem. The infirmity causes the physical problem, but there was a spiritual affliction that started the problem. Today, God wants to straighten out the lives of some people who've been bent by the enemy. We are stricken by the spirit of fear, and our behavior is responding to it, responding to the Antichrist spirits. Stress is affecting us physically, emotionally, and we're trying everything we can to just to manage it. We are being bent by the enemy. It's time to, to explore and ask, honestly, could it be a spiritual issue? Even your physical issues? A spirit of infirmity is more active than we will admit or recognize. Let's be honest. How many times have you wondered what you're going through might be caused by a spirit of infirmity? Place on your life to disable you. How many times have you ever thought that? You try to do something for God, and next thing you know, you got a physical issue. you got an emotional issue. you got a spiritual issue. You've heard us say this over and over. When we place a leader in ministry, it never fails or attacked. Some kind of physical, spiritual, or emotional attack. This is to disable you to stop from going any further, to get you to quit, to get you to give up on your ministry. I see it all the time. And too often we settle for the affliction, saying, I'm done, saying, I can't do it no more. I quit. I'm sick. I'm hurting. It becomes a significant part of your vocabulary. You give no, you give no significance to it could be a spiritual infirmity. We rush to the doctor. Nothing wrong with that. But if they can't find nothing, we rush to therapy. Nothing wrong with that. But if they can't fix it, we take this and we take that. But if it don't work, church, the atmosphere we are in now and camped in within is a spiritual war zone. If you're not looking through spiritual eyes, you will never recognize this. You'll be given placebo to swallow so much false information. The Bible says that in the last days, false prophets and false teachers will arise. You're being gaslighted to pressure you to doubt what you've long believed. And once knew to be true. You've seen it, you felt it, you experienced it. I don't understand this is. How can you leave here, walk out of the presence of God to go to another church and never experience his presence again? Keep going there long enough and you won't even miss it. The enemy with all of his devices, lies, and deceptions is out to lead us astray like sheep to a slaughter. But not if Jesus Christ is your shepherd. Today, you could rise up and be all God who called you to be. The devil's a liar. We're living in a time when they say truth will fall in the streets. The enemy is trying to get the church to bow. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we will not bow to any idol or king other than Jesus Christ, the king of kings, because our God will deliver us. And even if he don't, we still won't bow. You know who's going to do all the bowing before this all ends? Every knee shall bow and confess Jesus Christ as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Today, God's wanting you to come and bow down before Christ and let him raise you up. Let him lift the stress off your life. Let him live, open up your eyes. Let him free you of your infirmity. If that's you, you say, I'm carrying a load, and you're tired of the weight, you're tired of all the worry, you're tired of feeling beat down. You're tired of being afraid. Enemy has told you there's no way out. He's a liar. 
You never realize hearing all this stuff you've heard from the things you listen to, from the people you hang around, all the stuff people have said to you, you never realize it would affect your life so much. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many. But God will deliver us from them all. God knows we're being attacked. He knew we'd be attacked. He just wants you to know the battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. Give it to him today. More Christians are questioning what they have known to be true more than ever. Because you're being attacked by the spirit of the Antichrist. Because of all the spiritual wickedness in high places, our government is causing people to question what we have beloved for over 200 years. Deception. Through manipulation and lying spirits, many are falling for some of the most unbelievable ideology ever. It's what's dividing our country. We are, be give, are, be, we are be, being given the placebo, the sugar pill, not the real truth. And we as a church have got to combat this through spiritual warfare. And it takes soldiers of the faith standing up and declaring the truth, regardless of the consequences. Church, we must endure sound doctrine. If not, you'll be tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. It's happening in so many churches as I speak. Saints are not testing the spirits to see if they are of God. There's a lack of spiritual discernment. If you don't know the word of God in these last days, you will be deceived and manipulated and believing a lie. Your spiritual issues can be disguised by physical symptoms. He has succeeded in dividing the world through his deception. And guess what? The church is now his next target, you and I. I see it happening, not not be. I prophesied the greatest battle for the church is going to come from when come when the church begins to fight within the church. We got to shake off this serpent that's bit us like Paul did. So many think they know the truth, but don't know they're just swallowing the sugar pill, being led astray, making you think you know something, but you don't know nothing. Well, I think God understands this. No, He don't. Well, I think it's okay to do this. No, it's not. Check the word of truth. See if it's okay. Just because the majority believes it doesn't mean it is. And so many are deceived. You don't even know you're naked, wretched, miserable, and poor and blind. You think you have no need of nothing and you're deceived. Quit drinking the Kool-Aid. This woman's life was changed in one moment in the presence of Jesus. She had probably never considered her problem could have been caused by a spiritual infirmity, an attack by Satan, Disable this woman of God. I'd like for my musicians to come if you would this morning. And if you would, please go ahead and stand with me. The enemy is attacking the church. And I'm telling you truthfully, you better be opening your eyes up to this. He's doing it with a spirit of infirmity. In an effort to disable us, to stop us from prevailing, from going forward. And many are bowed over by just the weight of stress. Many are living in fear of these times that we're living in day in, day out. And I come today to tell the church, he wants to set you free. He wants to take that weight off of you so you can rise back up. So you don't have to be bowed over no more. He wants to lift that burden off of you. He wants to heal your infirmity. And this morning, I'm going to ask you, if you're going through something, that there's no answer for, consider it spiritual. This could be your Sunday. It was her Sunday. His presence is here. His presence was there. He sees you. 
He knows what you're really going through. He knows what's in that mind of yours. He knows what's really wrong. He knows it could be physical, emotional, or spiritual. Just don't be deceived. Just don't keep walking around with that weight on your shoulders. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would, have you had bow for just a moment? If you're here this morning, you say, i got to get this weight off my life. i got to let some stuff go. I've got to get some answers. I've got to be renewed by the Spirit of God. I've got to come to the Lord because His presence is in this house. And what I've been battling could be gone immediately in one moment in the presence of God. If you're here this morning, I want you to step out. You would make your way to this altar. I want to pray with you this morning. Find you a place to pray this morning. Just kneel down. Let God have it. Turn it loose this morning. Remember what we'll go? Let it loose. Let it go. Turn it loose. Come on, church. Here they come. Come on. Come on. It's, this thing ought to be full. We're all going through stuff. Our minds are being bombarded daily. If you don't pray and guard your mind, we're going to be in trouble. You think you can't be deceived. <laughs> Take heed, though, lest you fall. Are there any others who come this morning? I battled and I battled. I fought and I fought. My body's afflicted. I have pains all the time. I go through some stuff. God can heal you physically, spiritually, and emotionally this morning right here at these altars. I'm going to ask some of my prayer warriors if you would come. We're going to lay hands on these people. I believe that God's going to set some people free this morning. Thank you, Lord.
life You are love You bring light To the darkness You give hope You restore Every heart That is broken And great Shout your praise, our hearts will cry. 
Just let it go. Can we lift our hands and worship him this morning? He's worthy of our He's worthy to be praised. many faces came up here and knelt down with one expression and raised up with a new expression bowed down bound rose up free this is what God does we got to quit believing these lies the, the lies are going to come 
the attacks are still going to come, but we can battle them. It's the Lord's battle. He's on our side. Thank God for that. Amen? Yes. Don't buy the lies. Quit buying them. Watch what you listen to, who you listen to, because it goes into that mind, and your body will respond to what you're putting in your mind. And so many people have. I love you all so much. God bless you. You're dismissed.